This is the future of finance by Motive Labs. Hello, welcome to the future of finance, the Motive Labs podcast, where we live and breathe the next generation of financial technology. And welcome back to the future of finance. This is Emma from Motive Partners. And today we are very lucky to be joined by Umara Akram, Head of Global Business Development at Elite at the London Stock Exchange Group. Hi, Umara. Welcome. Hi, Emma. Great to be here. Great to have you on board. Tell us about you. Tell us about your career to date, your background. I guess I've been at London Stock Exchange Group for quite a long time. My current team thinks uh, I'm a bit of a dinosaur. But actually, you know, what I've really enjoyed over the last kind of 15 years that I've been at the group is the ability to really make my work my own and to shape my own career path. When I joined the organization, we were probably around 500 people coming out of demutualization. And we've evolved into, you know, what is a multi-billion pound business today doing some really exciting stuff. My entire career here actually has focused on how we support small and medium-sized businesses through the UK and European and actually global regulatory and fiscal framework, but also how we do that through our own markets. Before joining the exchange, I trained as an accountant, having done actually an engineering degree, so not really related. But what I really enjoyed in my accounting career was that interaction with companies. And I was lucky enough to work with a range of businesses, listed companies, as well as much smaller businesses. And I love that client interaction and that ability to work with businesses to make an impact for them. I think that has been a common thread in my career, which is why I was very excited about when it was a project, the Elite Project, because that meant I would get to work with entrepreneurs and CEOs and really get under their challenges. So on that, you started Elite at the London Stock Exchange Group, and it's it's awesome what you're doing. Elite actually started in Italy, so I can't take 100% of the credit. But yes, I was the founder of the UK business. And it really started with the premise that we could be doing more to help ambitious companies and really helping them understand what it means to have external capital in your business, how it drives growth, but what are all the other elements that come with that. What's quite clear is it's not always about getting the funding. It's about all those other elements that you need to put into place before you get that funding. And once you have that, how you ensure you're utilizing that in the most meaningful way. That's really helpful because you're almost demystifying the LSE group for our listeners. It's not simply a stock exchange and you're doing a number of fantastic things within our industry. And you come across some incredible companies, especially through the Elite program. Yeah. Can you tell us a bit more about those companies? We've seen a few today. We're sitting at the Motive and LSE FinTech Day. But you work across, you are stage agnostic and you work across a number of different sectors. Tell us about the companies you are supporting and working with. So Elite, having started in Italy and the UK, is today a global network. We've supported at over 1,200 companies from 43 countries operating across 35 or more sectors. The common thread all these businesses have is that they have been growing. They have the ambition to do a lot more. They have a level of curiosity. They want to improve. They want to do better. They want to understand what it means to get there. And they know that they can't go it alone. 
So some of the very exciting businesses we've worked with over the years are people like Skyscanner. In the fintech space, we've had businesses like Lend Invest, Nutmeg, Crowdcube, you know, really pioneering in their subsectors. But as you say, we are sector agnostic. So equally, we have had businesses that have been around for many generations, especially our European companies. One of our businesses is a wine producer and was producing wine in the Renaissance times. So there's a 37th generation business that really thought that elite could benefit them, which is really interesting. And that comes back to that point of, you know, that curiosity, that thirst for learning and continually self-improving. I think that's something that all elite companies have in common. And if we could go into a more practical level, how do you help companies on the program and how companies that would like to be on the elite program get in touch with you and engage if they feel that they need the support that you offer? So in a nutshell, what we're doing is helping companies grow more and better by making connections that really matter for them to actually achieve that potential. What does that mean in practice? There are three core elements to Elite. The first one being more like a program, workshops that focus on helping companies on all aspects of growth. Probably the two aspects we focus on the most are your strategy and your financial management and investor readiness piece. Those workshops are designed to give companies a best practice framework, but also create inspiration and aspiration. So we work with a whole range of stakeholders to deliver those, and we tap in to our community of listed businesses, as well as private companies, as well as elite companies that have gone on to do wonderful things to create that inspiration. The second thing we do is just really provide our companies the network of support. It could be in the shape of mentoring. It could be in the shape of events. We also operate a digital platform where our companies from around the world can connect with each other. And the third thing we do is we actually have our own platform where we are connecting companies to investors in a very deal-specific way as well, recognizing not every company wants to go public, but they do need capital to grow, especially while the elite businesses do, whether that's in the short term or in the longer term, whether it's in the shape of debt or equity or something in between. We're hoping that elite is creating more efficiency in that private fundraising environment. I haven't answered your second part of the question. Yes, to be fair, it was a long-winded question. (laughs) How companies can access Elite? Well, they just need to come and speak to us. And we typically have a conversation with the business to understand what their priorities are, how we can support them. There is a formal application process where we need to do some checks on the business. But, you know, it's very straightforward. Companies that join are typically a few million in revenues already. We have some very large businesses as well. But what they share in common is, as I've said already, a good historic growth rate and the ambition to continue growing. I should also mention there is actually a joining fee as well, a membership fee. Fair enough, (laughs) because they are getting exposure to such a fantastic network. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, the value that they get out of being part of Elite far exceeds that, that fee. 
short-term pain, long-term gain. Exactly. (laughs) The feedback that I get from companies is the biggest benefits are that network, that peer network, actually, of being able to share your challenges with other people who are going through the same thing and discuss ideas and, you know, solutions. The second thing is uh, actually because Elite is focused on management teams and companies rather than individuals, being able to come out as a team, work on the business, not in the business. And then, of course, all the other more obvious things like having access to the network, the profile that you may get, especially, say, a fintech business joining Elite they're demonstrating to their potential customers that they are a credible business, part of London Stock Exchange Group's elite network. Yes, and I can completely echo your concept of building a network and how important it is to grow for companies. And we are seeing that within Motive Partners and Motive Labs, and that's what we set out to do. That whole ecosystem value creation, there's so many of the same challenges that our partners are having. And it's an incredibly powerful thing if you join together if you work together rather than trying to make it on your own. So I really uh, yes. I really am behind that. Absolutely. And, you know, I think we are as we are because we are now a scale up. We are a subsidiary of London Stock Exchange Group. And we also have some minority investors in the business. We've been through some of the same challenges as our companies are going through of how we grow the team, how we have the right resources. Are we allocating our time in the most appropriate ways? Is our vision and mission clearly articulated within the organization and to our stakeholders. But what's happening is as companies, advisors, investors, and other kind of institutional bodies are becoming more and more involved in elite, we're recognizing that there are new opportunities coming together for companies to interact with each other and provide services to each other, build businesses together, or for the advisory community and the way they engage with those companies. So the way we see Elite going into the future is just building on that platform model, continuing to convene all these different stakeholders. And as they come together, they're creating value for each other. So it's not just about what value is being created for us as Elite, but for all our different stakeholders. Great. Thank you, Umara. Did you know Motive Partners has a weekly newsletter? It's called Brain Food. It comes out every Sunday morning and it's packed with all the things you need to know about financial services and technology. You can subscribe at motivepartners.com. I'd like to touch on something that you said earlier. You said you are seeing more and more companies not wanting to go public. I'd like to better understand that trend and I'm sure our listeners would be eager to as well. Why is that the case? Why are companies not seeing the public world as an attractive alternative? I think efficient public markets are really, really important for our global economy. They do provide access to permanent capital for businesses. And we see this on our market aim for growing businesses, where, you know, 60% of all aim companies have gone back and raised capital subsequent to their IPOs. But I think the private capital community is continuing to grow and the pool of private capital that's available is deepening. We've seen that there are various studies on this. We've seen that over the last five years or in the period from 2012 to 2017, private capital has doubled, more than doubled, in fact. And some companies are just taking longer to go public. So that may still be the end goal, but they want to be better prepared to face the public markets. 
So there are a number of alternative solutions that are becoming available as well. We've seen crowdfunding emerge, alternative platforms, different ways of raising capital. And I think that's actually really, really healthy because it gives companies a whole range of different options to choose from. But with all these different alternative solutions emerging, what we need to do is ensure that companies understand what their different options are. And we need to ensure that the public markets continue to evolve to cater for those different types of businesses. And part of what we're doing through Elite is better informing companies on all their different options for funding and also demystifying the public markets world. I think, you know, going public may not be for everyone, but what we find is that every company do consider that because it does provide companies a platform where they can raise their profile. Often it gives credibility with not just investors, but with customers, suppliers, other stakeholders that may matter to that business. It also provides, I guess, the discipline in a way to better structure as you're growing as well. But for some businesses that may be operating in particular sectors or have a very specific business model, they may shy away from public markets, especially in those early stages, maybe for commercial reasons. Or sometimes the management teams may not have the confidence that they can face the being public company directors. Umar, thank you. That was so helpful for me. And I have no doubt how helpful it was for all the entrepreneurs in our listenership. And we do have a lot. So your answer was fantastic because it touched on the many points in which you make an impact in our society through your support for entrepreneurs. At Elite, you better inform companies on their funding options, you help them raise their profile, you support them through all the workshops and the network of elite, you really are having an impact. And I know through our previous conversations, impact is a topic that is near and dear to you as a person, as Umara, and it's near and dear to elite. You look to make impact. Can you tell us a bit more about what impact means for elite and for you? We as elite, as we've become more of a global community and companies have been part of our membership for some years, have started evaluating and measuring impact. And the three key measures we look at that are quite easy, I guess, to obtain are around revenues and profitability, but also employment creation. So over the last five years, our company's revenues have grown by over 30% and a similar kind of percentage in terms of profitability as well, and actually over 30% employment creation as well. And that's hugely powerful to demonstrate that these companies, of course, they're innovating and of course, they're building their businesses, but ultimately, they are making an impact by creating new jobs. And quite often, you know, given the types of businesses we're working with, they are actually high value jobs yeah. as well. And it's important to see and understand the numbers to understand the impact. Exactly. But also, you know, given I've been at the exchange for quite a while, I have done a lot of work on policy and how we are supporting small and mid-sized businesses through our fiscal framework, helping them get better investment to ultimately drive that employment growth and contribution to the overall economy. 
We know that the UK government is prioritising particular sectors and particular types of businesses for the long-term growth of the country. And I think that's consistent across Europe, actually. So at the moment, you know, I think we could be looking at some sectors, fintech obviously being one, but also having an engineering, at least an engineering educational background. I'm very passionate about supporting that sector, so high-value manufacturing, and how that still is really important for our economy our global economy, actually, not just the UK, as well as the circular economy. So how we can be better supporting, I guess, businesses that are making an impact on the environment in the most obvious way, but also businesses from across a range of sectors that can still do things in a way that impacts the circular economy. And the fourth sector for me would be the life sciences, healthcare in the broadest sector, because that is one sector that impacts each and every one of us and also happens to be the sector that does need a huge amount of capital as well. So the more we can do to demystify to the financial and investor community across those sectors, the better impact we can make as well. Thank you, Umara. And I know impact in its broader terms means a lot to you and you are looking at impact from a number of different lenses. Tell us a bit more about what it means for you. For me, elite is not just a job. It is very much about making an impact. It could be just something small in how we may have helped a specific company be better at what they're doing. But also looking at the broader picture, we've talked about the economy, of course, but how we are promoting and supporting the causes that can make an impact. And sometimes it can feel a bit random as to why we are supporting something. But I know deep down, I feel like it's absolutely the right thing for us to be doing. It could be, you know, just convening around a specific initiative, whether it's private sector or public sector led. It could be how we look at increasing diversity amongst our pool of elite businesses. I've talked about elite supporting a number of different sectors, stage size, ownership structures, etc. But also it's equally important that the individuals, the founders and CEOs we're supporting are also a diverse bunch of people. Over the years, we've done a number of different things to support women in entrepreneurship and women to join elite, but also looking at the experiences of the founders that have joined elite and the backgrounds are diverse. But, you know, as we talk about supporting entrepreneurship, we have to look at also how we are promoting it at the early stages of people's careers, also in schools as well. So there's some ideas around that we're exploring and we will be sharing in the coming weeks and months. But yeah, what uh, I really admire about our CEOs, founders of elite businesses is that I've talked about their curiosity that, you know, they're successful people, but yet they are so thirsty to learning. They know they can't go it alone. They are very committed to their communities. They want to make an impact in their communities. They don't want to just move locations to go into cities or places where it may be easier to hire talent. It may be easier to develop the business. They may still be doing that, but they're still very much tied to their communities as well. I can say that, you know, it's elite in the broadest sense that is committed to making an impact. 
Andumar, I know you are growing globally and you're growing fast. Tell us a bit more about that. So actually, our first expansion outside of Europe was actually in West Africa through a partnership with Casablanca Stock Exchange, where we launched a local program that has now had over 70 companies join and has expanded into the broader West African region in partnership with BRVM, which is the exchange based in Cote d'Ivoire and covering surrounding countries. So outside of uh, Europe, our largest contingent is actually Africa. We've had over 100 businesses join. And we actually think that there is huge potential in supporting businesses from across Africa and really making an impact in a slightly different way from what we are doing across Europe. Because, especially in the UK, we do have a number of different initiatives looking to support entrepreneurs and SMEs. And whilst there are various initiatives in Africa as well, there could be a lot more for businesses that are in that scaling phase as the continent is continuing to boom. So we will be looking to build more there or we are looking very actively to build more there. Outside of Africa, we are also present in the Middle East, in uh, North America, and uh, exploring how we expand into other geographies as well. And for me, what's been really fascinating is, as I meet businesses from around the world, how much they actually share in common in terms of their challenges. I think the three things everybody is trying to grapple with is, do I have the right strategy? Yes, I do. Do I have the right people to deploy it? Do I have the right financial capital to make it happen? Of course, in certain communities and environments, it may be more challenging to achieve the results. There may be more red tape. But we think that through Elite, we can create global standard, which will attract the global financial community and the global business community to these businesses to enable them to continue their growth and to continue making an impact in their communities and economies. Thank you. You've already given us many, many snippets of your words of wisdom, but I'd like to formalize it for our listeners. You've had many hats in your career. You started in engineering, you moved on to auditing, and you now grow and support some of the coolest companies in the UK and the world, Skyscanner, Lend Invest. You have no doubt learned many valuable lessons throughout your career. I'd like you to please tell us what have the biggest ones been to date? I guess for me, it's always been, we have talked about impact, but, you know, knowing that my work will continue to make a difference has been important. I have learned many lessons along the way, especially because, you know, coming from more of a technical background, I was perhaps not as aware of all the different types of skills you need to bring together to really build an awesome business. And, you know, really with Elite, that has been the biggest learning for me. And, you know, it's really important to continue having that diversity of skills, of thought to produce something really awesome. Wow, I love that. And diversity, I think, is the key word we've already spoken about, the lack thereof. Uh, And I think, you know, it's not just about men and women. It's about different backgrounds. It's, as I say, it's really about diversity of thought. Yeah, perspective. Uh, Yeah, that matters. For sure. 
Thank you, Imra. This was awesome. And it's been fantastic to chat to you and get to know you and to learn about all the incredible things you are doing and driving at Elite. There are a lot of entrepreneurs out there that I know are listening to this. Feel free to get in touch. What's the best way to do so? EliteUK at LSEG.com. There you go. I'm sure you'll have a lot of people reaching out. Thanks so much. Thank you for the opportunity. Great chatting to you, Emma. Thank you for your time and insights. And thank you very much for tuning in. I'm Sam. See you next time. The information contained in this podcast is intended for discussion purposes only. It is not a recommendation, offer, or solicitation for the purchase or sale of a security or any services of motive partners. All investing involves risk, and there is no guarantee that past performance will be indicative of future results. The views and opinions expressed in the podcast are as of the date of recording, reflect the views and opinions of the persons expressing them, and do not necessarily represent the views or opinions of motive partners. Motive partners makes no representations or warranties as to the accuracy, reliability, or completeness of any information provided, and undertakes no obligation to update, amend, or clarify the information in the podcast, whether as a result of new information, future events, or otherwise. Any securities, transactions, or holdings discussed may not represent investments made by motive partners. It should not be assumed that securities, transactions, or holdings discussed, if any, were or will be profitable, or that the recommendations or decisions made in the future will be similar, or will equal the performance of the securities, transactions, or holdings discussed herein. This podcast may contain forward-looking statements that are based on beliefs, assumptions, current expectations, estimates, and predictions about the financial industry the economy, motive partners or motive partners investments. Nothing in the podcast should be construed or relied upon as investment, legal, accounting, tax or other professional advice or in connection with any offer or sale of securities.